and um, it's really important to see people like where they are in technology, where they are, whatever they're feeling and experiencing, and then come to that common ground. And that's essentially what we do in our conversations: is getting to know somebody and getting to what we have not framed appropriately at a macro level for the collective to, to really grasp is that if you're doing well and I'm doing well, we are collectively doing better. This is More Than Therapy. And welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. Today, we have my good compadres, Keith and Rodney, for the More In Common podcast, which I was featured on. And actually, my episode dropped on July 15th. Keith, Rodney, please tell the listening audience about your wonderful podcast. Go for it, Rodney. Uh, what's I happening? Mean, I'm Rodney. I'm Rodney. Uh, appreciate that, Felipe. I, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. The More In Common podcast, uh, you know, we, we are about anchoring people in compassion conversation, anchoring people in compassion. And... The podcast is, it started out as our social experiment to kind of prove out that we have more in common than that which divides us and to prove that it's possible and not even, not just possible, but, but beneficial to have conversations with people with disparate points of view and to get to know them versus what they, what they think or what they did, like who they voted for, or just getting to actually know who they are to have some context and it's turned into uh just really this beautiful experience where like i've learned so much i won't speak for keith i'll let him say what he's gotten out of it but i've just learned a lot i've grown a lot it turns out to be the thing that i needed and it's grown into a consulting practice that uh keith and i are executing on or and uh yeah that that's more in common yeah it's um it's been this amazing transformation into the world of what compassion looks like like we're not a debate show we're not a shame show we're not we're 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 you know if we disagree like let's navigate that in a peaceful way and it's funny because of the space of compassion that we live in and you will you i mean your episode embodies like compassion and what it looks like in a practical way like that you do specifically yeah, yeah you do specifically that's how you live your life like this idea that there are so many times where we actually disagree with the guest and if you listen back to it you would never know right like and we actually come to a space of we're just having a conversation about a thing and um i think that's cool i I mean it is i I agree with rodney 130 episodes we've had Kristen bell we've had katherine han we've had uh dr dolly donald grant we've had some amazing we've had felipe blue um we've had some amazing people on our on our podcast and and that's been kind of a cool side thing like you just get to meet some people you never think you would ever life so well because we never thought we would interview stars we just thought we were going to talk to regular can we cuss yes you can cuss this you know i'm saying i believe in free nature free will because cussing is just an extension of language you know what i'm saying and it's Mm. not that we're cussing you it's just a an added additional Mm. a little sprinkle on the conversation I mean, mm. <laughs> I just want to respect your space and, and what you're, the, the space oh, you're giving we us. We would expect nothing else. You know what I'm <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say, we we just thought we were going to interview regular ass people, you know, just like mm-hmm. us. And it turns out all the stars that we've interviewed are regular ass people. And they just happen to have a profile. And um, that's been fun. It, it was actually this this project, this idea was born out of Keith and I debating on Kaepernick kneeling and it's just like um it, what we thought it would be we thought we would be sitting and debating with people and like teaching people how to debate and then we just kind of naturally let it evolve into what it is and it's getting to know people that's, that's what we do indeed indeed yeah. and you do a very great job like you said 131 episodes and that's dedication like I don't know what especially regarding your format and the message you know what I'm saying the guests Thank that come you. on the store and give their story, just the willingness to do that, which, and y'all make it so easy. I mean, y'all are some of the most kind hearted, 
people that ever I said ever sat across from. And one day, when this world changes into such a way where she can do this again, I would love to sit down with y'all and have some coffee and some tea or something. You know, what I'm saying? absolutely Amen. that without yes. a doubt. Yes, thank you for those words, by the way. Much man, I appreciate that. And your friendship well, to me, your friendship is just an amazing venture in itself people probably say yeah that's that's not so that's not so remarkable but you got to think i mean you live in my last 10 15 years here in the south so we don't see friendships like yours often tell me about your friendship your compadreism it's just a wonderful testament of what should be and what can be especially during these daunting times it's funny I, I got it. I'm going to take it, Keith. I'm going to go yeah. first because you're going to say what I'm going to say. So it's all good. You just hit on like the thing. Like yeah. that's what more in common really is. And our our mission underneath the mission or the real thing we're trying to do is help people have what we have. Like we've had a 19 year friendship that has almost from day one been been about being able to disagree about everything. I'm talking about everything and still be friends. And we we don't think we're special in that in that like anybody could do that if they hold some respect for other people. And our friendship has been I mean, it's been it's had its it's had its ups and downs in 19 years, obviously. Um, but it is it is the thing that makes this whole enterprise and endeavor run. And for me, it's always it's I, I kind of look at it like um, one of the great friendships like uh um, that movie Master and Commander with Russell Crowe and um, I'm thinking Chewy and Chewbacca, Han Solo and Chewbacca. Oh, Benny, you know? there you go. Han Solo, <laughs> Chewbacca. That's it. <laughs> yep, Keith does a good Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anakin and uh, ben, ben Solo. I mean, um, Ben Kenobi. You know, what I'm saying? no, and yeah. it's it's funny because you say most people would say that's not unique or so and like that I mean some would say that but here in North Carolina South Carolina like we we said that we've (laughs) said that for 18 years like Mm -hmm. so we have a brand coach that we've been working with shout Mm -hmm. out to Rich Keller in his one word um but Rich has told us since we started working with him two years ago it's like your friendship is the thing that it and neither of us could get that because it's like well we're just friends that have what we have and i think it's taken us some time to really grasp how special that is and when you look at the history you know i think it was like three months into our friendship i have no idea how it came up it was 2002 and we start talking about gay marriage in the gym. It was in the political spectrum. Yeah, like we were talking about, you know, and this is at a time where gay marriage is, you know, it's being voted on for its legality. I mean, you got to remember gay marriage doesn't become legal until, what, 2011, 2010. So this is 2002. And Rodney and I came at it from very different points of view. And we end up having this conversation over the course of years, never with the intent to change the other person's mind, certainly with maybe some frustrations at time. But at the end of the day, we were just friends talking about ideas. We weren't ideas trying to find friends. And um, in that, we have just been able to navigate every bit of conversation because we ultimately have respect and compassion for one another in a way that, you know, we try to replicate with other people as well. And um, we just mutually give it to one another. And it's it's forged a, a friendship that that has lasted. I mean, I, we I live in Ohio. He lives in L.A. Um, I've lived in Chicago. He's lived in Indiana. Like I've lived in New York and he's lived in like we've been all over the place and we've uh, still maintained the strength and core of what that friendship is. That's a pretty legit scroll bar, though. It is. I, just, I was just admiring. I was, getting, I was just like, oh, what? What's got a ticker? What? We got to upgrade, Keith. We got to upgrade. Um, That's what's I think to the to the theme of Europe uh, of where we are more than therapy. Uh, this is the for me the journey has been about largely accepting myself so that I could accept our friendship and and what we're because what we're trying to do. And, and trying to get people to see that compassion can can just wash away so many of these issues. Um, it's not about us, but our friendship can be the like 
the the hallmark or the 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 thing that people could look at and be like, oh, I want that. Like to your point, like a lot of people don't see where you're where you are. People don't see this kind of friendship. Um, and, and maybe even here, like I, it happens in LA, but I don't know if you see it a lot. I don't know if it's common. And I don't know if it's common in Cleveland. I would doubt where you are, Keith. It's not Cleveland, or it's uh, it's common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why not? Like, why isn't it? And there's it a lot of answers to, to that. To, yeah. It speaks to the point when I was on your podcast. I mean, and just the, one of the, I guess the, the the mantra of it: we have more in common than what we have different about us. And the only thing that separates us in most cases is Keith. And Ronnie, know it's the color of our skin. We judge each other from a distance just based on what we see. I see you from 360 yards out. I've already made a determination of who you are based on one thing. Mm-hmm. That same person you're looking at could have all the accolades in the world. And if their skin was just a different color, they would get that much more respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, it's funny because we have a mentor. Um, she's black. And one of her best friends in the world is white. And she said to us one time, like, I don't, we've never even talked about race and we're best friends. Right. So that was kind of one of those, those key moments to understand how special the, the friendship and relationship we have is. And, you know, that, that bias, that judgment that causes us, it's just getting, it's getting worse. Right. It's like, all, all you have to do is say something. And then it's like, I know who you are. You know, uh, and 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 know where you are. create this tension um, amongst them. And I mean, I'm not I'm not immune to to the 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 sinkhole of the psychological experience that is human nature, right? But you know, we only hope that we can demonstrate that you don't have to live it. You can you can you can be more than than your instincts sometimes. Indeed, indeed. Barney. The things that we're seeing, I mean, it's like we're having more issues regarding race in any given time in my history on the planet. I've been here a little bit longer than y'all. But what have you have? What have y'all noticed? What trends are y'all seeing? Mm. Now, I know it's a lot different in LA than it is, you know what I'm saying? With, keep well, mind, yeah, <laughs> and, and I, it's probably a lot different where you are than, than where I <laughs> am, right? Know, like, that's a whole other yeah. episode. <laughs> you know, I live in a 95% white suburb of Cleveland, which is 55% black. Um, and, you know, I see the blue ribbons go up on the flagpoles. Um, what I see, at least from my perspective, there's this, I, I've, I haven't actually been able to talk to anybody about this, even you, Rodney. There is this reflection of the moment that reminds me from a historical, not from a personal context, but from a historical context of um, the backlash of Reconstruction, right? When the KKK was fully formed because there was this, this, this fear, this resentment, this, I mean, there so much was more overt and so much more was rooted in this. Now it's... Um, voting voter voting security now it's supporting the police now it's all of these things that refuse to take a look and say wow the experience of a large you know of of a large percentage of of the population is just very different and in that we're unable to collectively see as a majority well maybe as a majority but everybody that hey we're not we're not all living the same life and we all have challenges and some situations have created challenges around us so can we at least understand that and have a conversation and go forward it all of a sudden has to become this no you're wrong and i'm right and I'm going to anchor that on these things that actually distract from any meaningful conversation and movement. That's that's how I see it. I don't see it at a micro level um, very much, but I mean, I, you still do. I mean, you still see it with people who, you know, refuse to accept, you know, the realities of the world because it. Well, I mean, Keith, you've seen it. You've you. seen it yeah. in the committee that you're on, and. There, the yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. For right? I mean, you see it. It's just, yeah. It's, um, I, 
the more things change the more they stay the same i what i realized what's changed the thing that i know that has changed is me Uh, i grew up in indianapolis i remember the annual kkk rally that was approved on the the circle steps or in front of town city hall or whatever um so like is it different now i you know i i don't think it's ever gone away i don't think it's different from 400 years ago i think it's just it it looks different on the surface and a lot of that has resurfaced and then on the other hand um large corporations thought it financially prudent to say black lives matter even if it was just an instagram post they wouldn't have done that a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. It wasn't financially relevant to say anything about a black life. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, like, I, I mean, for, from a from a and, and then things are happening, right? Like certain I think there have been a couple cities or municipalities that have at least attempted to pay reparations uh, to black folk. There are other conversations happening about it, but then for every conversation, there's probably, to Key's point, 10x whiplash. There's still whiplash from having a black president. There's whiplash from having even a, a, a female presidential hopeful or a, a woman hopeful president. Um, I think there's a lot of backlash from the established, the established authority. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, what am I seeing? I'm seeing a lot of the same and, and new. Yeah, I like, think that's a non-answer answer. One of my favorite things, though, that, I mean, you just called it out, Rodney, that you've called out for a while is that that vast difference of, of business response, right? Like, it, it doesn't matter what a business actually thinks. The fact that they think it is economically more feasible for Nike to do a Colin Kaepernick ad campaign, which boosted their sales like 17% at the time, that type of economic response is the difference. Like that is the fundamental. And I'm thinking that more from an optimistic standpoint, companies coming out and having to do these or doing these diversity and inclusion um, exercises, giving voice to, to black employees really at least making an effort because it is not economically feasible. Rodney, you've said it a hundred times. If it were more economically feasible to come out and say blue lives matter, you know, businesses would do it. That'd be what happened. Right. So I think that is from a positive standpoint at a macro level. I think one of the most astute observations that I take no claim to that is a hundred percent Rodney, at least in my life experience, which I, you know, I, the other the other thing I'll add because I want to ask you, Felipe. But I, the other thing I add is I had I have had in the last seven months conversations in a large company that I work for that I would have never ever ever anticipated. That we 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 had large format conversations about the talk that my parents have with me and almost every black parent has with their little brown children about how to behave when uh, interacting with law enforcement or authority uh, in order to try and be safe. And um, I never would have expected to have that as a, as a company call. Like, so I think that's positive. And it, you know, probably if 70 people were in the call, I probably had five reach out to me. So if, if five people were touched and, and learned about that experience and the pain that so many have felt, then that's moving forward. That's progress. And I think that's what gets tricky is that progress doesn't look like we want it to usually because we want it to be all 70. But um, but what about you, Felipe? What, what are you seeing? What yeah. are you feeling? Especially where you are. Ooh, yeah, especially where I'm at. Durham, North Carolina. North Carolina, still part of the dirty, dirty. It's like when I first came here, let's say 2009, it just seemed like everybody, you know, they, I worked in a rural community. So, you know, I seen some things, but I seen that the work I did had an impact even past those racist 
impacts, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People who didn't want to work with a black clinician because they thought that we were inferior or didn't have the best intentions. But getting past that, once they saw the investment, once they saw that there was no judgment on where they were as a person, that they were, I came from a genuine stance to work with them to get them to the level which they could be considered well and in recovery. I find now a pull away from such. I find now that I see the people that I might have worked with in the past you know, are becoming more vocal regarding their racial stance, you know what I'm saying, that I've never seen before. I guess the best way to say it is previously it was very covert and now it's very overt, more so. It was almost like we don't want you to be greater as a people because you would displace us. Almost like a fear of being displaced regarding equality. You don't want to be in these shoes because you know they're inferior shoes. It's just a it's a sad place to be. Why can't we all wear similar shoes? Why we all can't shine in Nike Jordans? Why we gotta wear Bobos over here while you wear what you wear? I don't understand the fear. What is fear? The acronym they said. False evidence appearing real. Like your podcast says, we have more in common. And that means to me, we have more in common than what we have not in common. And that if we were on equal footing, Imagine how much more common we would be, you know what I'm saying? If we had the same access to education, the same access to housing, the same access to the credit rating that gives us adequate housing, you know what I'm saying? No redlining, you know what I'm saying? No trying to suppress the vote. If we was all able to play at the table at the same time, I think that we would all realize the fact that we have more in common than we have differences and we'll have such a, a much more economical balance. I think a lot less crime more social equality across the board, I think we'll be a, a more peaceful planet. And in 2021, based on what I've seen in the 70s and 80s and 90s, I think we should be a lot further out than where we are regarding such. And it's really saddening and shameful in many aspects that we are where we are as a country right now, in my opinion. There's... Um, um, I to, to, So yes, socially and technologically. I mean, where are my flying cars? Where's my teleportation? Where's like, where's my real hoverboard? Things, like not, not I was promised things in movies, and I have not seen it. Uh, I want the great no, but I I, I, I kid. But you, you're right socially, and I think you hit on something like the idea of more in common. Like, and I don't Keith and I did not consciously do this, but this is very much what what the conversations have turned into. Is um, there's this. I'm going to call it a dangerous thing that can happen where something somebody feels a certain way. Uh, I feel like I've been wrong because I'm black and somebody might say, yeah, but we're the same. Like, we're the same, bro. Uh, without acknowledging that, like, I just had something really shitty happen. And um, it's really important to see people like where they are and to acknowledge them where they are with whatever they're feeling and experiencing and then come to that common ground. And that's essentially what we do in our conversations is getting to know somebody and getting to just hear them. Like people just want to be heard. You don't, you ain't got to agree with them. Like just ask the question, sit back and be like, huh, next question. Like keep going, keep it moving and common ground will find itself. Um, but, but that validation part is super, super important. Like skipping that step, I think makes things worse. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. There's, um, you you talk about fear and it appearing to be real and we like certainty right as people and so certainty creates this false idea that social constructs are certain capitalism is a good example and you know we can we can discuss the merits of free market capitalism and you know what the ideal system is and how it all plays out and there's there's so much complexity in that conversation but at the end of the day we have this belief that capitalism democracy they're certain but they're certain under the expectations that we have them and i think a lot of people have the expectation of zero sum right? If you have, I don't. If I have, you don't, but that's okay. That's scarcity mindset. And so what, what we have not framed appropriately at a macro level for the collective to, to really grasp is that if you're doing well and I'm doing well, we are collectively doing better. 
I might not be as amazing as I, there's really no scale because there is no scarcity. We at a time in 2021 where we have more access to food, more access to medicine, talk about you know the the nuances of that too but we have more access to things to information that allow us all to collectively grow yet we've built this system that is based on one set of individuals having more than another and separating versus joining we actually i saw a study a while ago is that um, we as a as a society grow like we accept disparity because if you want to be a billionaire and you work hard to be a billionaire and i don't want to be a billionaire then i don't have to be but for you to be eight billionaire and me to be unable to afford food because you're charging too much for yourself to be a billionaire so basically on my back i have a problem with that we're okay with disparity just not too much and if we all just keep lifting that up we're all going to be better for it and so what you're seeing in the race conversation in my opinion is i as a white man it's been easier for me and so now if it's making it easier for you in essence is it making it harder for me and there is that fear that fear that and i'm somehow going to be it, my life is going to be harder because yours is easier rather than oh why don't we just have an easier time together um which though i do spark a question to both of you because you said more covert versus overt and i've heard this conversation a lot what do you prefer i mean you know it's going to exist i prefer for it to just be out there so we can deal with it effectively or i can i believe in if there's a problem there's an action plan to address the problem whether or not you want to come to the table to address the problem. Hey. So yeah, I'd rather it be, but you know, like I said, I mean, it feels funny when it's just totally in your face that you would think, cause you think and it being over, you weren't so much aware of it, you know, yeah. just going about your business, you know, if you don't see it, you don't really pay attention to it. If it doesn't impact you, it doesn't. But then you see all the media coverage regarding it. You see all the the stuff in person, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he said, Rodney said, with the KKK representation on a yearly basis, in his, I guess his neighborhood, his his environment. I mean, that has to be daunting. Something you would not think would happen in that part of the country. We expect it all day in North Carolina. We expect it all day in South Carolina. We don't expect that in the Midwest. Where they do that at? Well, obviously they did it where he was at. <laughs> and it's scary that it's that that prominent in this country. What they say, a hundred and something years after slavery supposedly ended. 40-something, 60-something, 60-something years after supposed civil war rights was right. instituted, right? 100 years maybe after Jim Crow. 55. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I always <laughs> I, like to put that out there because Jim Crow technically ended in 1965, right? And then the Voting Rights <laughs> Act really kind of squashed it. Like, not, if you were born in the 50s, you were a teenager almost at that point right like you're formative so like that's crazy like that's not that's a generation that's bonkers to me like almost just a half a century ago i would prefer for it to not exist period Mm -hmm. um i don't like either to be honest, uh, I was just in North Carolina. Actually, I was in Outer Banks, and we flew in. You didn't come to... see my boy. Oh my goodness! I didn't come <laughs> see my boy. I sorry, I, you know, traveling family. Uh, but we will make that happen. Though. You know but that we vacation. Flew <laughs> we flew in Norfolk, Norfolk, and then uh, drove down to the banks. So like, okay. Both in Virginia and in. Uh, North Carolina, I saw Confederate flags like right off the the freeway, the highway. I don't know what y'all call it out there, the street where you can go fast. That way. Um, <laughs> those highways. <laughs> I saw, um, I saw those Confederate flags. And yesterday we had a conversation with somebody about like the body's response to things. And like I, I'm driving, my daughter's sleeping in the back. I tensed up 
And I and my wife actually my wife was asleep too. And when she woke up, I was like, "Oh, you got to miss that nice Confederate flag welcoming us to this part of the South, or to the to the Confederacy." She's like, "Is North Carolina Confederate?" I was like, "Interestingly enough, they weren't." And then they were, and um, it's just the feeling from that point on. Like I, I I'm always on some kind of guard, but that heightened it, and so I don't I don't like that feeling. I don't like I. I Yes, I would rather know for safety, like, okay, like that dude's got a SWAT sticker on his forehead. Probably not going to go talk to him. Um, but like the, the covert is is as dangerous. Uh, and, and, and I've had issues with that and there's uh, historical issues with that. So I don't I don't know. Hmm. It's uh... and then Keith, you you mentioned the scarcity uh i want to point out that like while we talk about in the western world and white black like if you go over to the east uh chinese japanese like this happens it's not just a white thing like yes europe colonized much of the world uh china and japan like have some terrible issues with this Uh, my family's from the philippines they've been colonized by everybody and their mama and like tons of issues off of that and this is a this is this back to more in common. This is very much a human issue. Now I experience it as a black man in the in the U.S., not as a right. So I, um, but I, you know, from a global context, this this exists. It's colorism, all that is it's there. It speaks uh, to why take a a moment like why we are so passionate about compassion, like. Because it's, it can be really, really hard. Um, a friend of mine, so care, even a friend of mine, um, and I'll use this story because I think it kind of um, softly represents the point, even though it's a heavy story. Has a friend who was recently shot and killed in L.A., and this friend of his uh, used to be in gang. He used to be a banger and he's tatted up and all of that stuff. Hasn't done it in 10 years. He now has five kids. He has prospects. My friend recently talked to him like a week prior to him dying about his hopes and his dreams and his aspirations of life that really changes the narrative of what you see on the surface. And the ability to universally, and I don't mean just for one person to give compassion. I don't mean for two people to give compassion. I mean for all of us to give compassion to each other in a way that we get a chance to not accept, acknowledge. Like Rodney said, people want to be heard. I don't have to accept you as as someone but we can still potentially and we all have our limits but if we give each other compassion for the human experience um i think about q anon followers a lot there is a there is an appeal to the q anon conspiracy that goes way beyond the data and if you hear anybody who is a q anon supporter they will say the best thing i get out of this is the community because they don't feel judged. They don't feel like they've been alienated and turned away by their family. And now they no longer have family because they're they're judged and criticized. No one wants to feel that. And that is a universal human existence unless you're a narcissist. Then you don't care. And the reality is if we could all access a little bit more compassion for people we would be better. You don't have to have compassion for for a Nazi, right? If you don't want to. But if we have it for 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 more people, we will heal the world. All of these things will fix themselves. I mean, I'll go further and say, yeah, you should have compassion for a Nazi. Doesn't mean you like them. Doesn't mean you you agree with them. Like that's not what compassion's about. It's about the human experience. Like we all we all go through shit and we all have our issues. Um, that's what it's about for me. But you, yeah. uh, somebody just yeah. asked if I'm seeing these pop up. These are dope. Yeah. Uh, this is a we, dope should format. We, should we field some questions? <laughs> uh, I, I, I saw Vans 
Fans comment about ooh the flag. Mmm. Mmm. There's a there's a topic. The flag. There's a that, yeah. I think he was talking about the Confederate flag. Uh, oh, because I did yeah. say the Confederate flag. Yeah, we're a little yeah, behind like, um, on the prior conversation. Like I yeah. say with some some people I speak with regarding this subject, you know, it's like you hold dear dear to your heart this flag, this symbol, which facts history itself indicates was mean you it was associated with tyranny, with separating from the nation of America, with separating from basically in some ways domestic terrorists if you really want to think about you know the definition of what they did and what uh, they did. tyrants they are um traitors they were traitors yeah right there you go that's they a were great great way to capture it that is the technical yeah, they, military they term for you what they pride were. yourself on not being american you pride yourself on standing by the flag is disgusting you know what i'm saying and yet the FBI never ever designated anybody who associates themselves with that flag as a t- domestic threat, but purposely went after Black Lives Matter, purposely went after the Black Panthers and named them domestic threats. Yep. Uh, I think the three, all the white nationalists, the three percenters, the, the, they were just recently for the first time, even though it's been known for a long time that uh, white nationalism is the number one threat the number one terrorist threat to our country, not Al Qaeda. They said that recently. What's that? Yeah, like, like. Oh yeah, no. This ago? this has been known for a long time. Like, I posted a video on Facebook like four years ago about this. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I know we know it. What did the FBI say? No, the it? FBI has known it. They, the FBI did. They, they have yeah. designated them as white as as terrorist threats. Um, I think maybe in the last two years. Okay. Yeah. I think um, it was actually. Okay, we're gonna get that message down here. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Yeah, no, they are officially <laughs> domestic terrorists. Yes, <laughs> yeah, who are treated with kid gloves when they storm the Capitol. Facts, facts, facts. <laughs> Let me get ten feet from there and just say, yeah. "Hey, I'm gonna." Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We live in interesting times, but I, I looked towards your relationship, your and what your mission is regarding your podcast as a great, great investment in our future something i want to model myself up which gives me motivation to you know what i'm saying be more open and try to elicit the change that i want to receive I, I thank you for your endeavors i thank you for you know welcoming me into your podcast family on that episode your relationship is a great 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 example of what i would like to have one day and that i once had when i was younger it's funny how we get older you know, some things peel away from us because of our cultural norms or social norms in that area. And I'm going to purposely reach out to my longtime friend that I lost mm. a long time ago, look him up on Facebook or whatever, and see if I can locate him and just touch base and see what's what. Well, thank you. Thank you for That's that. And I want to thank you for like being an example of the human spirit like Rodney and I were just having this conversation that there is nothing that is human, more human than survival. And other than our, and the only way we can survive there, there there's so many different ways and you have done that. You've thrived and you've shown that like through compassion, you can survive and make the world a better place. And if they, Felipe's episode just dropped um, July 15th uh, and that conversation like, it is a great representation of, of, of that of that ideal so thank you for, for being an example thank you thank you it definitely made me smile and I just want to make a quick clarification Van I see you uh, compassion is not soft and like fluffy it doesn't mean you have to be nice to people it's not it's not what it means it's not what it's about from from me uh, me being compassionate towards a Nazi does not mean I'm trying to go shake their hand. Doesn't mean I'm trying to convert them. Doesn't mean I'm excusing anything that they've done. That's that's not that's not it. Um, there are people who are flat wrong. Uh, there are people who I believe are wrong who may or may not be wrong. None of that matters in my opinion. With with compassion, uh, it is about under like it is. I don't need to understand where they're coming from. I don't need to try to understand. I don't like trying to understand where a Nazi comes from would be would be detrimental to my mental health um 
and and I wouldn't do it. Uh, but I can understand that they're human, and they probably went through some shit to get where they are. And I that that as that bothers me. Like that, that to me, that's sad. Um, and that's it. That's where it ends for me. So, you know, uh, I just want Felipe. You're a gracious host, my guy. You're my right. guy. Yeah. You're a good host. Right. Like one you, more thing, I'm taking one more notes thing before I let you go. You've expanded your podcast into a new venture, consulting. Can you tell us a little bit about that? This guy. Yeah, this guy is bringing it out. So, so when we talk about compassion, Rodney's right. Like, and there's a there's a lot of amazing psychological study, and there's this one that I'll I'll refer to, and then pull this out. Like, there was a study done that just 40 words in a medical environment can change the direction of treatment for an individual. It can reduce their cost. It can reduce um, the, the, the cost that it, it takes from the hospital standpoint. It can, there, there's so many positive financial benefits and experiential benefits from 40 words that a doctor can give to a patient. I don't have all the words memorized, but it's something to the effect of that we're in this together, right? I understand that you're going through something. This is not empathy. It is not necessarily, I understand what you're going through. I just understand you're going through something. I have the ability to affect how you experience that over the next six months, year, whatever the case may be. And by, um, and this is a YouTube video, um, but by doing these 40 words, it, it is amazingly valuable both to an organization and the people. Our thought process, because we know that compassion can heal the world, is that if we all learn about it and what compassion actually is, what it looks like, beyond the religious component of it, which there's a reason religion anchors on compassion in many ways, um, beyond the, 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 to, to the point, the, to Van's point, the feel good, like, oh, com- that, that warm, fuzzy compassion, like what it actually is and what it can do for yourself, because compassion is the one thing you can give to others and to yourself um, and towards others. As an organization, if you have an environment that is promoting compassion between employees, from from bosses to employees, you are going to increase your profits. Your people are going to be happier. They're going to be seen, heard, and valued more. And as a result, your organization is going to thrive. So what we do, and we've boiled this down to a four-step more approach, that's M-O-R-E. Um, if we boil it down to how we actually give compassion, then um, you as an organization have the ability to implement that on a regular basis and change the way your organization operates for your people. So that's what we that's what we're bringing to companies. It, it very much fits into this this world of the DEI diversity, equity, inclusion uh, conversations that are happening. We very much fit into the inclusion part of the conversation to say. You know, they, they, there are some tangible things you can do to address inclusion, um, left, right, and center, because everybody feels like you know it's just them being excluded. And there's a lot of things. There, there are some very tangible things that can be done, which are then going to benefit your diversity efforts uh, if you if you have them, or if you want to have them, or if you want to talk about equity. But if you don't start with some kind of a base, some kind of a foundation, you don't get to that table. And somebody like me is going to say something like, yeah, you know, like white fragility uh, or, you know, you're in your feelings about this. But here are the facts and somebody's not going to be able to handle that. And there's not going to be a framework for us to get together on it. So that's what we that's what that's what we build is that framework, that scaffolding. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you for all that you do, all that you've done, all that you will continue to do. Two last questions. Yes. Give me a recommendation for a book. <laughs> this is a question we ask every guest. Oh, um, go! <laughs> it's awesome, Rodney. You go first. I, I you might have. Oh, you're going. You're going. I'm gonna you throw you out there. there. Yeah. yeah. Just one. Uh, mm. If it's if it's. If it's a couple, you know, what I'm saying I just need some. I need to add some things to my library. Um. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna give three. The Alchemist. Yeah. That's okay. a good one. Uh, the Power of Now. Power of Now. And power Eckhart of Now. Tolle. Yep. Eckhart Tolle. And 
Um, oh, this is I, I'm cheating. This is a series, but the Mistborn Saga. It's a it's a fantasy sci-fi novel that is legit, bruh. If you're a nerd like me, I'm a blurred, but yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> blurred it up. Let's go. Um, yeah, I am going to add because Rodney, I mean, Power of Now for sure, and mm-hmm. um, right in there, uh, the biology of belief. Mm-hmm which um, is an exceptional look at uh, the epigenetics and the environment on our influence on our DNA. And then um, uh, nonviolent communication, just in the spirit of, mm. of this that's, ecosystem that's that we're talking about, nonviolent communication is a really, really good book. Okay, that's good. I'm going to put those in the show notes. I definitely want to get up on some of that. And, you know, any artists you're looking for and somebody we should listen to, something we should add to <clears throat> add to our playlist. We got any, any music you recommending? Especially mm-hmm. you being out west. You know, y'all, y'all exposed to some things we don't see out here unless we know about them on Spotify. Mm. I'm not up to... I don't really listen. Honestly, I don't listen to a lot with words these days. Oh. I'm listening. To, I got a, I got a lo-fi lo-fi hip-hop stream playing the chill chill cow channel chill cow (laughs) playlist on youtube and on spotify is rocking a lot for me because i'm i'm trying to be in a creative and a a thinking space a lot and i just you know i love me like some kendrick but i'll be in the kendrick and not in what Mm -hmm. i'm trying to create so uh that's that's where i'm at these great point the lo-fi playlists are the truth yeah i do not listen to music anymore however um i know it's it's books podcasts and movies these days um but i have to give a shout out to a guest of ours isabel stillman um who was twin brain off of off of spotify she couldn't the whole thing around spotify and indie artists and all this other stuff um but she can be found her album is exceptional i listen to that album all the time mm-hmm. um isabel stillman she's uh she's she's trying to make it she's really trying to build it up and i i love her music so i gotta give a shout out to to isabel okay i'll check that out well thank you rodney and keith for appearing on the Morning therapy please listeners friends family associates peers subscribers please go and subscribe to the more in common podcast in fact if you have to delete a podcast to subscribe to a podcast feel free to delete mine to add theirs because they are just that good <clears throat> Thank don't you. don't do don't, don't do that. that. I mean, don't you do don't that. have to do that, but just don't, in case that's that scenario. I appreciate the sentiment. I'm gonna accept that as a compliment graciously. <laughs> and if, if and I will throw out there, like if you if you ever want to hit us up, we are accessible. You know, our email, you can hit us up in the DMs. As the kids say, our DMs are open. <laughs> There I go. So, and uh, Kalila, I hope I said that right. Lo-fi playlist. It's just on the comments. Um, a lo-fi playlist. So it's just if you go to YouTube and type in "chilled cow" and then lo-fi exactly how you typed it, lo-fi playlist, your mind will be blown and opened all at the same time as you're regaled with musical greatness that just expands your capability. It's like hip hop, with jazz influences. Like um, Rodney said, you know, it doesn't have words in it, so it doesn't allow the permeation of people's opinions and concepts. It's just music, music. And there's like like three and four. Anything that you love has probably been turned into a lo-fi version. If you think of a song you like, like type it in lo-fi, and somebody's probably made it. Hmm. Indeed. Hmm. Thank you, Rodney and Keith of the More and Common Podcast. Don't forget to hit them up at moreinpodcast.net. Where's that band at? More in Common, E-N-T You can hit up all their abrogations to all the different podcast ways to listen to the podcast. I listen to them on Amazon and Spotify. You know what I'm saying? Amazon on my Alexa, Spotify on my phone. And that's what's up. And that concludes another episode of More Than Therapy Podcast. Be well, be great.